0: we're just now coming on the air thank you for joining us wherever you may be and Whatever app you're watching us on, whether you're watching us by Lightcast, Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, whichever app you're on, we're just grateful that you're there watching us in any many different parts of the world. So as we um, get started in the preaching here, we've had our worship service, and sorry you in the audience didn't get to join our worship, but real soon we're going to be making that happen. And uh, we had a wonderful time this morning singing and worshiping God, and so now we're just going to continue on with our message today, and just believe God's got something good in store for you. God always has something good, doesn't He? Yes. Amen. God is good, all the time. and all the time. God is good. Amen. Well, let's just pray and get right on into the message today, and. And um, I got some things to say, I think, that will minister to you. And I've just really been blessed in this series that I've been doing. And I've never done a series uh, on love. Uh, of all of my years of ministry, I've preached on love, but I've never done a series, and this one seems to be unending, <clears throat> so I don't know when we're going to see the end, and you that's in the audience, uh, internet audience, make sure you are tuned in next Sunday, and you know, it's Resurrection Sunday. Uh, yes. Pastor uh, Rao was just speaking about that just a few minutes ago, about next Sunday being Resurrection Sunday, and invite someone in, and you, on the internet, you tell somebody about it, and My lovely wife, Pastor Sharon Clowers, she's going to be preaching next Sunday. Now that has to be God. That has to be God because Uh, she'll fill in occasionally or every now and then but she said to me come to me and she said you know uh, if you'd like me to speak on Easter I would I got been putting something in my heart so I mean I just said yes I didn't even have to think about it or pray about it or anything like that I said yeah let's go for it so she's gonna be preaching and and she's gonna be talking about a healer in the house and so, uh, I believe that God is the healer. I believe God is the deliverer. Can you say amen? amen? God is a good God, and he does good things, and I'm expecting good things to happen here today, and especially the people that are watching. You know, someone called me the other day They that uh, just blessed my socks off, and they said, uh, you know, uh, we found you on the internet, and we hadn 't heard from you or seen you in years, and now we don 't have a church and uh, We have just been so blessed to be watching and they begin to tell us how that their life had been changed and Then another couple they said, you know we we go to a church, and the pastor handed the son, church over to the son, and we 've been working in the church twenty five years and and uh, But the son no longer wants us in there. We're 60 something years old and we're too old to work in the church. So I want you to know with experienced life, that's what our name represents. We like experienced people. You're not too old to work in the church and work in the ministry. And remember that John, the Revelator, was 92 when God gave him the book of Revelation. So I don't think you get too old. I just get younger as the years go by. Now my skin may look a little older and my uh, my hair may be a little bit less and, and I may have some wrinkles, but I get younger as the years go by. <laughs> come on, come on. Well, my inward man is renewed day by day, I'll put it that way. Anyway, it's good to be in the house of God. And Rosa, thank you and just stay here with me because I might need your help here in just a little bit. But uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are so good and you're so precious and you're so wonderful. And I love every opportunity that you give me to witness, to minister, to speak, to preach, to say something about your goodness and your mercy and your love. And if it wasn't for your mercy, we wouldn't be here today. But God, because of it, you have made it possible for us to be here. And I ask, Lord, that your anointing would come not only to the the people that's in the room here, but those that are watching uh, by the internet, wherever they're watching in any part of the world. And we pray for our Special friends around the world that somehow as this message is being preached, you will anoint me to speak words of life, words that will cause them to rise up and feel better about themselves and know how much you love them and how much you care for them. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, this is the fifth of the series And as I said, I don't know how long this is going to go because as I keep digging into God's love, I keep finding so much that it's unending of His love. And I'm grateful for that. And uh, I just want to say this, that God loves us so much, I don't think any of us are capable intellectually, mentally, or emotionally to really capture and understand How much God loves us and really the miracle that takes place from when we were a sinner and his love changes us to become the righteousness of God in Christ. Now we know that mentally, but I don't think we really understand how much power there is in what God does and when he changes us from the old person to the new person. And one thing for sure that you and I both, I, I think we all know, is we can't earn or buy God's love. God just loves us. Everybody say, God loves me. God loves me. And so he loves us for who we are and not for what we do. See, some people think the more they do, the more God loves them, or the more they pray, the more God loves them, the more they fast, the more God loves them. Well, that's good, and it's good to express our our good actions and do good things but that doesn't make God love us more it causes him to be pleased when we serve him better it it pleases God when we serve him but he's he's not going to say well I'm going to give you more love because I'm going to pour more on you because uh you pray more than that other person no uh he's going to love you the same and we we please him by our actions and by what we do and by our expressions and how we love one another. And as I've said each week here, the first thing that Jesus said, he said, uh, he said to love him with all of our hearts, our minds, and our soul. And then the second thing he said to do was to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you don't love yourself, if you don't know how to accept God's love, and you don't know how to love yourself, you certainly don't know how to love somebody else. And so I think that's one of the problems we are having in this world today is people have never experienced God's love and they don't love themselves so they don't know how to love somebody else. But the title of my message today of course is Love Lifted Me. Everybody say "Love Love Lifted Me. And of course this comes from A song written by James Rowe, and this song was written over a hundred years ago. See, some songs, as we talk about here, you hear me talk about them from time to time, and Pastor Al... uh, Roy, and you hear him talk about these songs, and sometimes when we're sitting together, he may take off singing one of them, uh, because uh, I, I don't remember the words. Now, he, he's better at that than I am. I have to write them down. But, but I do remember these old songs, just like the song we sang this morning, Blessed Assurance, you know, written by a blind woman a long time ago, and it's still a, a timeless song. I like all our new songs. I've got nothing to say about our, our new songs, but some of them are timeless. It just seems like they never end. And this, this one that I'm thinking of, Love Lifted Me, um, you know, it came, as, as I said, James Rowe wrote this, and and actually he said he got the words from two different passages in the scripture and, and the one was when Peter was walking on the water and he was sinking. And so he put that to, that that thought when Jesus was, or Peter was sinking and Jesus saved him. And, and Peter said, oh, save me and Jesus of course would not let him drown and saved him and so he said I thought about how that Jesus saved him and when he was sinking and so when we were sinking in sin Jesus saved us and he said the second point part of this was when Jesus was in the boat and the storm came and when Uh, the storm came the disciples thought they were going to perish but really Jesus was in the boat so they weren't going to perish but he became the master of the sea and the song goes like this I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore very deeply stained within sinking to rise no more but the master of the sea But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. Then another verse, I won't do the third one, but souls in danger, look above. Jesus completely saves. Jesus see you you don't you don't get partly saved. You don't get some saved; you get complete. Ooh. I might get that Pentecostal jerk here if I don't watch. Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by His loves out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea, he billows His will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be be saved today everybody say i'm saved i'm saved saved by the savior Amen. amen and and then just just do the course for me could you do the course for me That just sets the pace for me today because, you know, the world is so full of confusion and hate and our politics are just seemingly just almost impossible and it's so implorable of what we see every day in politics and we see the demonstrations, the hate and the shootings and everything that's going on in the world. We need to come back to what we just sang here love lifted me when nothing else could help love lifted me love lifted me love lifted me when nothing else could help love lifted me see love is more than a word as I've been talking about but love is action it love is a choice it's not something that you necessarily feel you can have good emotions and that's okay but you know love is a decision and it's because of God's love that all of us are here today and he really wants us to learn more about his love and how much he loves us and how much he has given us the ability to love others and not live just through emotional love but learn to live with his love see he desires to lift you with his love from every sin, hurt and pain that you've ever experienced now I'd like you to stand with me as I read our our, uh, scripture this morning that I've been reading for five times now. This will make the fifth time I read this, of where I'm taking my text from. And it's in 1 John 4, 7 through 11. But let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Now that that is such a powerful statement right there that if you don't love you don't know God. So you have to know God to be able to love. Somebody will say I love you but if they have never known God how can you really know how to love? And then he said in this the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live that we might live through him now remember i taught the message here not long ago we don't live for god we live with god there's a big difference in living for god and living with him and so this scripture says we live through him so our daily lives we must learn that we don't live through emotion and make all emotional decisions that we learn to make decisions through God's love in this love in this is love not that we love God but that not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins or the sacrifice Beloved, if God so love us, we also ought to love one another. And so, I want you to think about that today as you have stood here in honor of the Word of God. God wants you and me to learn how to love one another. And this is what this series is all about. You may be seated now. See, with God's love, you can get through anything. Somehow, um, it, 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 is, it is if you take God's love, God's love is supernatural. See, emotional love is conditional, but God's love is supernatural. And most all of us, what we know is, we, we know emotional love, and we don't know a lot. You say, well, now, Pastor, I've been serving God 50 years, so have I, but I'm still learning how to love through the love of God. Because many times my emotion wants to get into it and wants to uh, fix the problem emotionally, but we don't fix problems emotionally. We fix them through the love of God. See, the Christian walk is not that the Christian walk is a marathon. It's not a 100 yard dash. And so many times people are on that 100 yard dash and don't realize this is a lifetime commitment that I made when I was 15 years of age. I said eternal yes to God. That doesn't mean I've been perfect and everything is right. I've made a lot of mistakes because I didn't know God's love and I didn't know how much He loved me. I didn't know how to walk through things. So I made a lot of things, I, I, I made a lot of mistakes and probably have hurt people. I've been hurt, but you know what? I'm learning more every day how to listen to the voice of God instead of listening to my emotion. And see, if you're going to live with God the rest of your life, you're going to go through seasons where things happen and people make decisions that affect you and how many of you don't raise your hand now? But how many has had someone you love that's made made decisions that affect you? You know, I've talked here. Uh, I believe it was last week. I talked about you know our sons and 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 you know how they made decisions and and how their decisions affected us. But thank God that our sons one day decided they wanted to walk in God's love and God's peace and God's joy, and they didn't. Want to run from him they wanted to run to him and when they did God changed both of them miraculously and now both of them are great men of God. Isn't that awesome? See I, and, and if you that are watching and you've got children and it looks like they're not coming home to Jesus, don't get discouraged. It took our two sons 12 years to come home to Jesus, but they came home to Jesus. Amen. Your sons, your daughter, your husband, your wife, if you'll keep doing the right thing, they'll come home to Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. So if you rely on God's love, like we did, you know, I told you in the beginning uh, with our sons, especially Tim, uh, you know, in the beginning, it was hard for me to, you know, when they were doing the drugs and alcohol and all of these things, it was hard for me to to differentiate their sin from them. But when the time came that I differentiated them from my sin, from their sins, and I loved them unconditionally, that's when we saw a big change come in both of them's life, when we began to love them, not because of what they did or didn't do, we started loving them because we had God's love and we loved them because they were uh, our children. Now, my hope for teaching this series is for you to receive this revelation that I'm talking about of God's love for you and how you can learn to love others when things are difficult. And, and I can go back and tell you, and I, I, and I give some examples here of how things have been difficult uh, for us sometimes. And last week I talked about how difficult it was when the person that that we we had to walk through with, that could have prevented our son's death, and knew the potential, uh, the, knew the potential danger was there, and walking through that, I could not do it on my own. I had to do that through the love of God. My wife had to do it through the love of God. It wasn't easy, but you know, God helped us, and we learned that we couldn't have a relationship with these people emotionally on our emotion. We had to learn to let God heal us from this because this man meant no harm and he wouldn't have hurt anyone. He just didn't correct a problem that needed to be corrected. And I won't go back into that. It was God's love that lifted us and brought us through. Now, you know, uh, I, I think about the prodigal son in Luke 15. And in Luke 15 is a, is is um, is a story that I love to read, and it's of course the prodigal son, and and you know we we all know the story of how this younger guy came uh, to his father and wanted his inheritance. Now you know uh, I don't know why that uh, a younger son would be able to get his inheritance, but anyway. The father gave him his inheritance, but he wasn't, uh, he wasn't uh, mature enough to handle that kind of a money. That kind of money, he wasn't mature enough. And so he, he took, walked away from his father. He walked away from his brothers. He walked away from everything. And uh, he didn't handle things correctly. Now, let me ask you a question. How many times have you or I asked God for something that we weren't really ready to handle? No, none of you have ever done that. It's just, it's just me, you know. Uh, many people have prayed, especially in the faith teaching, you know. I'm, I'm a faith teacher, and I believe in the Word of Faith, but you know, I think a lot of people got to praying for mercedes and big houses and and you know they got to be they praying for things that that you know it's not even scriptural to do but what he says: seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. And then a lot of people would, would sow seeds and give special offerings to get these cars or these homes or whatever. Now I got a nice car, I got a nice home, and I hope my clothes is pretty good, you know. Uh, so I'm not against things, but again, I don't sit around and pray for things. I, I, I. I I don't pray for a particular type of car. I mean, it's okay, I guess, but, you know, I think there's something more to pray for than things. Amen. Seek Amen. first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. And so, you know, the prodigal son asked, and his father gave him before he was his inheritance, before he was old or mature enough to know how to handle that kind of money. And as I said, what have we done and what have we asked God for and he didn't give it to us? And so we got kind of mad at God and nipped at God and said it doesn't do any good to pray. And all that stuff in the Bible, people have heard, I've heard people that's gone to the faith church and said that just doesn't work. Well, I'll tell you one thing, God's word works. Everybody say God's word works. God's works. See, it, but again, see, things don't make you happy. And so, it, we're not in this to get things. God gives you things. The, the, the 30, Psalms 37 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Well, the desires of your heart are not perverted once you come to the Lord. <laughs> I'm just stopping here for a minute just to look at you here. I know what to say. I'm not, I'm not speechless here. But it says, the Lord will give you, delight yourself in the Lord, the scripture says. Everybody say, delight, yourself. delight, delight yourself. yourself. See, so if you're delighting yourself in things, and then you start praying, you're praying for things. Things delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart so when you're delighting yourself in the Lord your desire is for more of him your desire is to be filled with his power with his love and then he'll give you anything that you can really handle but he's not going to give you something that you can't handle sometimes people get married and they can't handle what they just got (laughs) I don't think you got that one, did you?
1: Is
0: that huh? Is that experience, Tom? That's. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it took me a while to handle what I got, but thank God I learned. No, actually, she learned how to handle me. Uh, that's what it was. She learned how to handle me, and now I've been trained, and so I wouldn't go through the training again for nothing. I decided to stick it out whether I loved or not. No, we love each other, and it's been incredible. These 57 years have been wonderful and we've we've had a wonderful relationship our problems have come through Satan trying to kill our kids he tried to kill all four of our children you know one one we did lose but everyone Satan has tried to kill through one way or the other but you know what we just stayed focused on what God called us to do and we never got mad at God when our son was killed we just loved God and went right on doing what God told us to do and it didn't mean it didn't hurt and still sometimes it hurts but you know what we trusted God more than ever before somebody said well didn't you ask God why well of course I did but T.O. Osborne called me said don't ask God why he said don't ask God why and I've been through all of that and I won't go through it again but I think sometimes we get caught up in why a lot of times and then we start questioning God's love we don't need to question God's love because God is God is anybody here? Yes. Amen. See, no doubt we've all asked God for things when it wasn't right. We didn't get it. And you know what He was doing? He was protecting us. Yes. He was protecting us. Now, the Father gave Him what He wanted and He left the family and He, and he left the city where He lived. Then He indulges into sinful desire, uh, probably everything that He had ever uh, thought about he indulged in that. He, he no doubt partied and partied and had a great time until his money run out and then he was broke. And then where was his so-called friends when his money was gone? You know, when you got money, you can find people that will be around uh, uh, when you got money to buy them stuff and you can do things with them and all of this. But when your money's gone, sometimes you look around and everybody else is gone. See, this is not about serving God to get money. Nothing wrong with money, but you know what? This is about his love. You know, I think about this story, and he was, he, you know, he didn't have any place to go, and so he finally got a place to to, to um, feed some pigs. Can you imagine coming from that lifestyle he had, and now he's feeding pigs? There's a lot of people today, they may not be feeding pigs, but they're in that same position. Right. And see, I see Christians that come to church and because they get hurt in church, they get, they get something happen to them, they get mad. I talked about this just a little bit last week, but you know what? I said this last week, but it bears repeated. God never hurt anybody. God never hurt anybody. And you know, you know uh, uh, someone sent me a little note the other day and said, well, I'm not coming anymore because there's somebody that comes to your church that I just don't like. Well, there's a lot of people I don't like. (laughs) But I'm not going to quit doing something because I don't like somebody. I might not like them. But you know what? God will give you the ability to overlook. I'm not going to read it now because I don't want to get distracted from my notes today. But uh, the Bible tells us in Ephesians, it says to make allowances. And so I think that's what love can do. It doesn't mean you condone or agree with anything wrong. Just as I was talking last week about different lifestyles. And we never condoned the wrong our sons did. But we we knew one thing. No matter what they did. No matter how much they were away from God. They were still our sons. We still loved them. God still loves us. Is that right? Now. No doubt when he got to this place uh, that he was feeding the pigs, uh, he, he no longer had that prideful, arrogant attitude. you know sometimes people can can get into arrogance because of success. Uh, and, and it's what the world calls success. To me, success is first of all knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and walking in his love and his wisdom. To me, that's the beginning of any kind of success because if it comes some other way, you know, it, you can lose it just as quick as you get it. But I'll tell you one thing they can take your goods away from you, but they can't take Jesus away from you. They can take things away from you, but they can't take God's love away from amen, you. Amen. You know, the Bible said that he, he, uh, he came to himself. And when he came to himself, he began to realize that he had made a mistake. He had done wrong. See, when people make mistakes and do wrong, many times their pride keeps them from admitting they're wrong. And, uh, and you know, I, I think I've talked about this before that I, I very rarely use the word wrong. And one of the things I'll never do is tell a person they're wrong. Doesn't mean they're not. But once you tell a person they're wrong, that's all they hear. Yeah, yeah. See, and their wall goes up because they don't want to hear anything else. Because if you try to tell them why they're wrong... You, They've already got the wall up. You've already blasted them. But, and I hear it done every day. It's almost every day. You're wrong. Well, you know what? I learned not to say that to that lady sitting on the front row here. Uh, I said it a few times in our early marriage, but I learned that I didn't win anything but telling her she was wrong. And, you know, and you know too, let me just say while I'm here, you know, some... Toot, Sometimes people get in arguments. It doesn't have to be husband and wife, but people get in arguments. You know what? Do you know Ian, when, when you get emotional and you argue, no one ever wins? Somebody right. said, no, sir, I've won arguments many times. No, you don't. There is no one that wins arguments when you're emotional and you're yelling and you're screaming. What happens is when one yells and argues, they take a superior role. And when they take this superior role, they force the one over here to take an inferior place. So notice, they're equals. They're equals. They may not be on the same page on everything, but you know, you're, you're, no, you're just like me. I'm no better than you. We're, 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 you know, we come from different backgrounds and different, just like my wife's Italian and comes from Canada. We, we had to learn some differences, but really? She's the same as me. I'm the same as her as far as it being a human being. But, you know, arguing and, and all of this is just not God's love. And, and when the one takes the superior role, they have to put the other one in the inferior role. So both lose because one had to be superior and put another in an inferior position so just remember when you you yell and you argue and someone finally gives in in the inferior position whether they may be right the one that takes the inferior role may be right, but both lost because you had to degrade one another. And God doesn't degrade anybody. God doesn't put anybody down. And you know, I, 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 uh, I, I remember not too long ago, um, I, don't, I don't remember, I, you know, I'm, it, I, 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 I'm not bragging on myself, but I'm learning over the years how we can control emotions. You know it really takes a lot to get me to get angry. I mean I might get angry, but i 'm not going to talk when i 'm angry you know i I, I remember I remember uh, in our, our church when we were a larger uh, church and and uh, uh, you know someone had left our church and and so this young couple come in, and this young man came in and and uh, he wanted a, a meeting with me and i said well that 's okay' sure i 'll meet with you." Well, you see, that first of all, the Bible tells us that a, that a younger person shouldn't rebuke an elder. Right. Is anybody here? Yes. Yes. Well, I remember he came in and he said, well, the Lord told me to come in and correct you because you're in offense. <clears throat> you're in offense because this couple left. Well, I wasn't in the offense because they left. He was the one that's in the offense because they left. So, anyway, I sit there, and you know, I could have raised my voice, and he started raising his voice, and his wife was slapping him on the side, calm down, calm down. I mean, I wasn't going to stop him from yelling, and I wasn't going to yell back. I just sit there, and listen to what he had to say, because I wanted to see if he was right, and I was checking my heart to see if I had offense in my heart. Well, you know, I just, I just let him say what he wanted to say. And when he talked himself out, I said, are you finished now? Are you finished? You know, he got rid of the emotion because I knew as long as he was emotional, I couldn't talk to him. And he had already blasted me and said a lot of stuff that it didn't matter to me because I knew that was emotion talking and someone else had put stuff in his head. And um, I said, well, you know, I said, that's your opinion. And he said, no, God told me that. I said, well, if God told you that, then I, I guess then he needs to tell me that I'm in offense and that I need to repent and get things right with God. But I was not in offense. And I said to him, I said, you need to go home and read the scripture because I, I didn't know you wanted to come in, in here and tell me off. Uh, I thought you wanted to come in here and settle an issue. See, God wants us to settle. He doesn't want us to blow one another up. And I just took him by the hand and I said, you know what? I hope you learn that from now on, I hope you learn from now on that God doesn't call you to come in emotionally and try to fix somebody. Or yourself. You pray and ask God's leading and I said if you had come in here and said you wanted to talk to me and said pastor you know I've been thinking and praying is it possible that you're in offense with this particular person? I said don't you think that would have had that would have resonated with me and shown more of the love of God and the, 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 the Spirit of Christ than to come in here with a high tone voice telling me I'm offended and I need to get it corrected and, and God can't use me until I get it fixed? Yes, I said, I hope you've learned something here today because I didn't take the actions that you did and yell at you like you've yelled at me. I said, you're younger than me and and way younger than me. And you need to learn from this. If you're going to be a leader, you need to learn how to lead, not through emotion, but through the love of Jesus Christ. See, I just learned that, that yelling back get you can't get even the louder you get the louder they get and and i was about to say this when this story happened to pop in my mind and pardon me from getting away from the 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 uh prodigal son i'm going to get back to in just a minute but i remember a couple of years ago our granddaughter was staying with us and <clears throat> and you know we're praying for her and uh, just believing in god that she's going to make good decisions but i remember uh she she was there and and she started talking and she raised her voice. Well, I raised mine. You know, it's still in there, folks. Come on. I mean, we still, we, we still, that's why I'm preaching what I'm preaching. I didn't know, I didn't know I still had as much left as I did because, you know, as I said, I'm pretty good at handling my emotions. But my granddaughter raised her voice and when she did, I raised mine. Well, she raised a little higher? I got a little higher too. But she said some things, and I said some things. And boy, I mean, we were going at it. Yeah. And, all, and, and I, I realized, ma'am, this room is just about to blow up because she's talking so loud, and I'm talking so loud, and we can hear each other perfectly if we whisper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I don't want to talk about it anymore. And I said, you're going to talk about it. Anyway, at that point, something inside let me know I was in sin. I had crossed the mark because I was talking from my emotions. I was not talking from God's love. So I went over there and tried to hug her and she would let me. (laughs) And I said, I'm sorry for raising my voice to you. I'm really not sorry for the words that I said, but I'm sorry for the way I said them. I hope you'll forgive me for losing my my control. And you know, I I can't remember even before when when someone uh, has said, you know, a lot of people use, well, you push me or you you caused it. No, nobody pushes you or causes you. You turn loose of your your rights to control and you lose control and you let the enemy use you and you destroy relationships. Well, I apologized as much as I could and then of course the next morning, she let me hug her and love her and tell her you know how much I loved her and, 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 and you know what, I, I'm not gonna yell at her anymore because yelling at her never changed her opinion one bit. So I want you to know that yelling and screaming that people do, whether it's in families, whether it's in relationships, it only blows things up. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now we're in in Hawaii and we're on our way to uh, uh, Western Samoa and, you know, I, I don't remember I had quite a team and... And uh, we were traveling with a lot of equipment that we had checked in here in Dallas, and we had been promised that this would go all the way through to Western Samoa that we wouldn't have a problem that we we paid for it here and so it would go. But when we got to Honolulu and you know, we stayed a couple of days there, and then the team we were leaving, well, the people at the desk this this stuff can't go. This 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 is just not going. Well you know, my son got up and he talked and he talked and he talked and somebody else talked and somebody else talked. And so I'm standing there and it's going to cost thousands of dollars to get us on to Western Samoa and uh, with the equipment. And so I I just prayed and said, God, somehow you got to give me wisdom to know what to do. And so I walked up to the counter and I said, "Um, my name is Don Clowers and I'm, overhaul of the group that's standing here and we're on our way to a missions trip in Western Samoa. And when we left Dallas, here's our documents. It says, this is checked all the way through. And um, I don't know what the problem is or how it, it became a problem, but how do we resolve the issue? I said, you got a job to do and you're just trying to do your job, but you're not trying to keep us our equipment from getting to Western Samoa, you're just saying it can't go this way. So how can it go? And he said, well, I don't know. I said, well, let me ask you a question. If you you were standing on this side and you were me, and I was standing over here and I were you, what would you want me to do for you? He said, I've never been asked a question like that before. He said, I would want you to put the all, all this equipment on the airplane and ship it where it's supposed to go. And that's what I'm going to do. With no extra charge. You, See, I could have raised my voice and called him a bunch of names and said a bunch of stuff. But I decided that it's not going to work by insulting someone. Everybody say love never fails. Love never fails. I, I, I was really struggling with the title today of love never fails or love lifted me. See, love is what lifts us. I let love in that situation lift this man and not insult his integrity and not insult his position where he worked he did not feel insulted by what i said to him but love somewhere that was in god and through him began to help me find an answer to the problem so anywhere we go we should look for a resolve not to win I think it was Flame that asked me the other day. She said, Pastor, what's, the, what, what, what's the, the, the success of 57 years of marriage? And I said, learning that you don't have to be right. Amen. Yes. I don't have to be right all the time, even though I know I am. <laughs> Sorry about that. See, many times this is, the, this is why people have such struggles is their emotional and they want to be right. You don't have you, you can be right, but you don't have to you don't have to demand that I'm right. I've learned that many times. I still know I'm right, but the battle is is not worth it, and the issue is not worth it. So why should I get into a battle that I can't win and that it's only going to make it worse? So when she's right and and I'm wrong and she never tells me I'm wrong she just she just expresses her opinion and and you know her opinion is is strong uh if anybody know what I mean I mean you know she's very strongly opinionated opinionated but you know what I've learned oh well that's that's good babe that's good that's good whatever you say whatever you say amen Is anybody here (laughs) anyway uh Let me get back to the prodigal son and uh, start winding up. Um, He was probably thinking, here I am, all my money's gone, I have no friends, I'm here with the pigs, and the hired servants live much better than I live. I'd really like to go back home, but I don't know what daddy would think. Wonder what daddy would do if I came back home. I wonder if daddy would let me back. Maybe he could hire me and just I could be a servant, not a son. But you know, he decided that he's going to go back. You know, but before he did, he said to his, this is my imagination. What if I walk up? And knock on the door and he sees me there and he slams the door and says, get out of here. You chose to leave. You made your bed. Now you sleep in it. You're cut off. Don't you ever come back. Don't you ever show your face again. See, some Christians do that. Some Christians do that. Now, I know everything can't be healed, but you can keep loving. Even though some things can't be healed, it doesn't give you a right not to get healed. And do the right thing. Anyway, he thought it through and um, he decides to take the rest, humble himself and go back and say, Daddy, I've sinned against you and against God and I want you to forgive me and and just let me work here. Because if you'll let me work here, at least I'll have food. But, uh, you know, it, it It didn't happen exactly that way. And you know, I know someone that um, their daughter got mad at them one time and and, um, just moved away and didn't talk to their parents for over 18 years. They didn't talk to their parents for 18 years and they couldn't see the grandchildren until... One of the parents died, and then when one of the parents died, then they came back. Well, the remaining parent, even though they hadn't seen their child in 18 years and their grandchildren, the remaining parent didn't say, you've been gone 18 years and you've taken my grandchildren from me and you're not welcome here. No, they embraced them. And took them back as if there had never been 18 years of silence. Amen. Amen. Somebody said, Well, how does that work? Through God's supernatural love. Yeah. Wow. It doesn't happen through your emotions. Well, you see, uh, the best part of the stories in Luke 15, let me read it to you Luke 15, 20 through 24. He returned, to, he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son, his son said, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. And did you know at that time, he probably hadn't had a bath. He probably smelled terrible. But he said, put the robe on him. Finest robe. Get him a ring for his finger. And sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine who was dead has now returned to life. He was lost but now he's found. So the party began. Yeah. You know what that makes me think of that song. Old Roberts used to sing. When he reached down his hand for me. I can't sing it but uh, I was lost and undone without God or a Son when He reached down His hand. You could probably sing that out. So God right now is reaching out All over the world. Some of you may have children. Some of you may have loved ones. Or someone may be watching that's lost. God is reaching down with his hands. And he's saying come to me all you that labor. And are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. Jesus is saying come to me. Come to me. He's never going to cast you out. See when we miss the mark. God's there waiting to embrace us. When we admit we've done wrong. And we want to come back. God does not bring up our past and, and begin to, well, where you've done this, and you did this, and you did that, and you did this, and how can I forgive you? No. He said in 1 John 1 and 9 if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. It's love. It's love that forgives our sins. See, love from the Father. Lifted the prodigal son and restored him. It was the love of the father. Because the prodigal son. May not have had everything exactly in order coming back. Maybe he just wanted better food. Maybe he wanted a better place to live. But somewhere he became repentant. And the father said put the robe on him. Put the ring on him. Let's take him back see there's a lot more to this story than most people know and I'll tell you a little about it if a Jewish man left his community and went up to live with the Gentiles and lost his money and returned home the older men in the village would perform a uh, traditional ceremony called I'm going to try to pronounce it because that's I And what this was, was a public display of shame. The older men would take a clay pot and throw it at the offender's feet and break the clay pot all over. And this symbolic uh, tradition officially cut the offender off from his family, his community, his faith. After breaking the vessels into pieces, the elders would shame the men with words and they would say, as far as we're concerned, you're severed. You have no place here. You have no rights here. You have brought shame to this village. So you can see now more in the story why the father is running to the son. When he saw the Son coming, he was expecting Him to come back. But he knew the tradition and he knew if the elders got to the Son before he did, he could never get the Son. Son, back into his good graces, and back into the city, and back into the village, and see. Many people never want us to get things right when we've made a mistake, and they want to. They want to remind us of the mistakes and the sins that we've done wrong. But when you're truly repentant, God wants to restore you. Amen. Amen. You see, when uh, uh, the the son. Uh, Could not have made it back into the community or into the village without the Father. You and I can't make it back to God without Jesus. We can't make it back to God without Jesus. So when you think of the prodigal son don't just think of him making a sin and the father but realize the father put himself out there he loved him so much that he ran ahead so that, so that the tradition would not take place of stoning the son and running him off the father said this is my son I'm going to go out and I'm going to put the finest robe I'm going to put the ring on him I'm going to put my sandal on him and I'm going to claim him back And of course, you know, a lot of times when God restores somebody, everybody's not happy. Everybody is not happy when God restores someone. But just like the the, the son, the other son, he was not a happy camper because his dad restored the son. But let me tell you one thing. God is in the restoring business today. Can you say amen? amen? See, people in religion points uh, at your sins and they shame you and they keep reminding you over and over again of the wrong you've done. However, Jesus always has open arms and welcomes you back when you come to truly repent. He says, as I quoted the scripture a few minutes ago, come to me and I'll give you rest. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. I don't know who's watching today. I don't know what's going on here. But I remember the old song. Softly and tenderly. And it goes softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling for you and me. See on the portals He's waiting and watching. Watching for you and me. Oh for the wonderful love. Oh, for the wonderful love He promised. Promised for you and me. But we've sinned. He has mercy and pardon. Pardon for you and me. Come home. Come home. You who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Somewhere in the world, if you're watching and you've broken, you've broken your relationship with God, come home. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. He's reaching down His hand for you today. God wants to restore you. God wants to restore you. He wants to bring you back. He wants you strong. He doesn't want you living through your emotions. You know, sometimes in 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 homes, people just argue and argue and argue rather than stop and say Jesus intercede intervene in this situation let me tell you a little story real quick the pastor of a little country church after he preached every Sunday he would ask some member in his congregation to stand up and pray the prayer of benediction and every now and then there was a particular one that Uh, he was a farmer that he would be the one that would stand up and pray the benediction prayer and uh, when he did he, he would pray oh Lord prop us up on our lean inside it didn't matter what the topic was that the preacher preached the farmer's prayer was always the same finally the pastor said Why do you always pray the same thing? He asked the farmer. The man responded and said, Well, sir, it's like this. I got an old barn out back. It's been there a long time. It's withstood a lot of weather. It's gone through a lot of storms and it stood for many years and it's still standing. But one day I noticed it was leaning to one side a bit. So I went out and got some pine poles and propped it up on it's leaning side so it wouldn't fall. Then I got to thinking about how much I was just like that barn. I've been around a long time. I've withstood a lot of storms. I've withstood a lot of bad weather in life. I've withstood a lot of hard times. And I'm still standing too. But I find myself leaning to one side from time to time so I asked the Lord to prop me up on my leaning side. He said, I figure a lot of us get to lean in at times. He was talking to the pastor. He said, Sometimes we get to lean in towards anger. Sometimes we get to lean in towards unforgiveness. Sometimes we get to lean in towards bitterness. Sometimes we lean toward a lot of things that we shouldn't. So we need to pray, Lord, prop us up on our leaning side so we will stand tall and straight again and glorify God. Amen. Somebody may feel overwhelmed with pain in our audience somewhere in the world. You may feel like you're on the, the wrong side of of something and you're leaning on the wrong thing instead of the love of God. Learn to lean on Jesus. Let love lift you up. Let love lift you up. Somebody may have broke your heart. Let God's love lift you up. I've said this many times in my preaching not to be redundant, but it bears repeating. There's times, there's times I can't give her what she wants or needs. No human can give her in that moment what she wants or needs. Even though I may give my best, it's not enough. Sometimes it's only the Holy Spirit. And then on the other times, there's times... She can't give me what I need. I've observed her many times, seeing my going through some situation and her affection and love and trying to give me all she can give me. But her love and affection is not fixing what I need God to prop up. On my leaning side, It's not her that can straighten me. It's the Holy Spirit. So remember sometimes in relationships when you don't get what you want from the relationship. Remember they may not be capable of giving you what you need. But God will never let you down. God will never let you down. He will always be there to help you. Let love lift you. See God doesn't ever promise to take away our troubles and our problems. But he promises us peace in the storm. Jesus can keep you from being swallowed up by the storms around you. I mean it could be so overwhelming of what you find yourself in. In this day and time It is even more difficult than it was when I was young. This is a complex generation. We're in the days of social media. We see stuff on the news, heartbreaking stuff on the news every day of people that are going crazy and taking lives for no reason whatsoever. So we, please, we need God's love in us more than we ever have. When you're going through the worst time of your life, love will lift you up if you'll turn everything on, turn everything over to Jesus and let His love prop you up on your leaning side. You know, I want to close today with saying "Oh, how He loves us. Oh how he loves us! And if we can comprehend how much he loves us, we can love others. You know, I hadn't got into the part of forgiveness. I've mentioned it every now and then, but I'm going to do one whole service on forgiveness. But it takes love to forgive. And you know, sometimes people think if I forgive them, I free them of the consequences. No, you free yourself. You free yourself. And then sometimes when you forgive someone, it doesn't mean you have to reconcile that same relationship because it's not reconcilable because of certain conditions. But it does mean you can live apart. And when you think of them, you don't have anger. You don't have bad thoughts because you've truly forgiven them. How we need God's love. Would you stand on your feet with me, everybody? Sing it. but you really do love us. And no matter what, if we'll surrender our will to you, you can fix us. You may not fix another person because they don't ask, but you can fix us. And I ask right now, Holy Spirit, That you will fix those that's crying out to you. Help them on their lean inside. Help them on their lean inside. Help them on their lean inside today. In Jesus' name. Everybody pray this prayer. Somebody in our audience. Maybe watching for the first time, and you don't know Jesus is Lord. Let's all pray out loud. You at home, or in your car, or wherever you may be, business place. Pray this prayer, dear Lord, dear Lord. I come to you now. I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my sin. And this moment, Jesus, I make you Lord and Savior of my life. By your grace, by your grace and, by faith and by faith I'm going to serve you, to serve the, rest you. the rest of my life. The rest of my life is going to be the best, the best of my life. Thank you Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well you may be seated. Thank you Jesus. I just believe that somehow God is touching somebody today. And those that will view this at a later time, I just believe the Holy Spirit is going to minister to them in a supernatural way. We want to receive our tithes and offerings. And as we receive our tithes and offerings today, I want you to just be, do your part, you that are viewing you that have become a part of experienced Life Church in any part of the world, there's the website. You can go to eoglobal.church. You can go to eoglobal.church. And there's a place on our website. Now, if you go to eoglobal.church, you'll see that one particular thing there on the screen. You can find it there. Click on that. And you can give your tithe. Um... You can give your offering. If this is your church, you can give your tithe. If it's not your church, give your tithe to your church. Your tithe should go to where you're being fed in your church. But you that call Grace Experience Life Church, your church, why don't you do something? Why don't you do something today? Some of you've watched this and you've thought, well, I don't know, I don't know about that. But today, do that. Be a part of Experience Life Church especially if you're not going. Be a part of this. You know, uh, God has connected us with a lot of people. And I was talking with someone on the phone. They had called me and was asking for prayer because they got a bad report from the doctor. And I've known this couple for over 40 years. But we got reconnected. And, and they said, you've meant so much to us over the years. And we watch you all the time. And it was a privilege to be able to pray with them, even though they're in another state and we're here. And then I had a, a gentleman call me the other day. I don't even know how he got my number. Called me on my cell phone. He said, 50 years ago you took me in I was a nobody and he called the name of the town that's where I was and he said you asked me to travel with you and you took me around I would have never got out of the city my mama told me over and over again I'd never amount to anything he said but I'm 70 years old now I'm a musician. He was a musician then. He said, my ability, God has helped my ability to bless thousands of people now in my ministry. But he said, Don, I want to tell you, 50 years ago, you and Sharon touched my life. We've been separated for many years. We never had a problem when, well, I don't know why he quit traveling with us, but, or what's happened, I don't know, something changed. But he said, I want you to know I hadn't quit serving God. And he said, I'm blessed beyond. I'm blessed beyond. I get this almost every day. Somebody calling, somebody saying how they're being blessed through the ministry. So you that are viewing, help us reach out. And I know God will bless you. So you here, if you hadn't brought your offering yet, bring it on. we're going to stand up one more time, and Rosa, sing it one more time, and we'll close with this. But before we do, uh, my friend is here. Uh, I, I want him to come and just greet us this morning, uh, Pastor Shane uh, from uh, up in Iowa. Come on up here, Pastor Shane. Uh, come on up here. You just um, just greet us this morning and all the way from Iowa and Right here in Dallas and texted me last night and, and uh, here he is, a great preacher and he's
2: sitting listening to me preach today. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's good, right? I just so enjoy being with you guys today. Pastor uh, Don and I, of course, we met at that recent conference, had an opportunity to get involved uh, with each other's lives and exchange numbers and information and uh, we're actually down in the Dallas area for a season, my wife and I and our family. And, uh, of course, Pastor, uh, talking to Mike this week, we were sharing about that. He said, you need to get over there before you go back. And I said, I wanted to travel over today. So, just so great to be with you guys. Just great to be in the house of God and see what God's doing all over America. And uh, we just love your pastor so much. Uh, Last year, we were, I'll just dote on him a little bit. We were down in Gatlinburg, Tennessee with with Dr. Dr. Mark Barkley. And the end of this Thursday night, I think it was, the end of the session, Uh, Doc asked if pastor would share some things, and uh, I think we took more notes. Don't tell Doc this, but I think we took more notes off the 10 minutes that you shared than the three uh, meetings that we were there. It was so wonderful. My wife and I went back home, and we were just drenched in some of the experience that you shared, and it really impacted us, and we just want you to know we're blessed by you, what you're doing right here, and uh, just being a little part, just a little gear of what God's doing around the world. It's excited to see it. So we greet you from uh, Mason City, Iowa is where I'm at. Uh, we're going to be going back there in about a month. Amen. We've been doing a lot of stuff out of the Dallas area since January. But uh, it's good to be here with you this week. Good to be with you today. And a great to be in the house of God where there's such a love for him. And uh, great worship you've had here today. So we love your pastor. We love you guys. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank Praise you, the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Shane. Give him a hallelujah. Well, you know, um, I, was um,
0: I was thinking yesterday, I was thinking yesterday and was praying, you know, money's wonderful. Money is wonderful to have. But you know what? Relationship is greater than money. And I believe you sat next to us, didn't you? And we got to know Pastor Shane, and uh, we both have a some mutual friends, and here we are connected today. And again, I've got a mutual friend that connected us by numbers. And I'd rather have relationship. Here's Pastor Al and Linda. I was telling someone this week. Uh, well just I think it was Friday someone came through town and they know your son actually went to Bible school with your son and um, and I was telling them about our, our relationship of over 57 years and they were blown away they said you've kept a relationship for 57 years? <laughs> Well, you see, relationship is better than money. Somebody said, I'd rather have money. Well, you know, relationship with God and then relationship with each other, God will provide. And I know I'm way over time today and and for you that are viewing, uh, today we're going to do a mini service with our Spanish church. So I want to invite all of you and you that's in the viewing audience, at 2.30, we're going to do a mini-service, our Spanish people are coming in, and we're starting a Spanish church that's going to be all over the internet, and Pastor Juve Estrada is going to do the preaching, I'll preach some, but I don't do very well in Spanish, so... um, He's going to be doing all the preaching and it's going to be experience life, expand I guess I'm saying that right. Uh, So today, if any of you want to come back at 2.30, now it's going to be in Spanish. It's going to be in Spanish, but if you want to come back and see what we're doing, uh, I think you would be blessed just to sit in. It's only going to be a 20 minute service because it's only just the beginning. Two weeks later, we're going to do another 20 minutes. And then they're bringing their worship team, they're bringing everything, and they have a a large church in South Dallas, but we're partnering together here in Carrollton to bring in some people here in Carrollton Plus. We got other channels on on our company, so we're gonna open up a Spanish channel to where we can reach people throughout Mexico, Central America, and South America, and anywhere people speak Spanish. So you keep that in mind, you that's watching. We're going to open up this Spanish channel. It'll be a while, and we just met with our, our host company that puts us on all of the different apps around the world. We just met with them and told them what we're doing, and they want to help us in this endeavor. So let's pray for the the Experience Life Church Expanol, uh, that as we start today it's not going to be a full blown service it's only going to be 20 minutes and then again uh, two weeks from today and then in May we're going to start having every Sunday afternoon at 2.30 our, our Spanish church and it's going to be broadcast all over the world just like this one is can you say thank you Jesus well God bless you and the internet we will see you Tuesday night. And a part of our, my Spanish brother and, and his wife is going to be with me on the Tuesday night. So be a part of this. It's going to be a night of ministry. We're going to be praying for healing and deliverance for the, the experienced Life Church, Espanol, uh, that as we start today, it's not going to be a full-blown service. It's only going to be 20 minutes. And then again, uh, two weeks from today, and then in May, we're going to start having every Sunday afternoon at 2.30, our Spanish church. And it's going to be broadcast all over the world, just like this one is. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Well, God bless you in the Internet. We will see you Tuesday night. And a part of our my Spanish brother and, and his wife is going to be with me on the Tuesday night. So be a part of this. It's going to be a night of ministry. We're going to be praying for healing and deliverance and breakthrough. So tune in Tuesday night and remember Central Daylight Time and whatever time it is for you in any part of the world. God bless you and I'll see you soon. Bless you here in the...